Welcome to the Declaration Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor John Sherrill. For more information about Declaration Church and other resources, visit declaration.org. So Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, that was okay. We're getting there. I told the nine o'clock that what y'all don't know, the secrets are, is that we talk about which is the party service every week, the nine or the 11. And so far you're, you're winning, just so you know. But I will say that when I told them that, and then I said, happy new year again, it was like a whole different deal. So let me do it. Happy new year. Happy new year. Oh yeah, you totally won. It's awesome. So you're the party crowd. That, that means we're about to have some fun, right? <laughs> I hope so. Nothing. This is not Oprah. You don't get a car. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I will say happy new year. This is the time of year that we set goals. We make new year. Anybody made some new year resolutions yet? Anybody? Anybody messed up your new year resolution already? Just, okay. Yes. I really enjoy this time of the year in January simply because it, it's, a, it's a time for, for starting over. It's a clean slate. It gives you the mindset of newness. Does anybody agree with that? Do you like that? Let me just take a little, uh, I call it my nerd quiz. I love to go to office stores to get new pens and pencils. Does anybody, are you with me? I knew it, Janet. I totally knew. Yeah. Anybody else? That's kind of like New Year's for me. It's like a time to just kind of reset. You know, you spent the season remembering and reflecting, and then you recalibrate life a little bit, and then, thank you, Asia, and then you get to step forward and to just relaunch into life. And that's kind of where we are in January. I love that. And so that's exactly what we've been doing as a church for the last few months, man. We have been reflecting on the last two years because I don't know if you know this or not, but just in a few weeks, February 18th, as a matter of fact, we will celebrate our two-year anniversary, and that's awesome. So let's give the Lord a hand for that. So we've been, you know, we've been reflecting and thinking and, and retooling some things. That's why Next Steps is going to be called Growth Track and and we're trying to get you know people exactly where they they want it, where they feel fully alive, which is why the change from Dave to Joe and et cetera. So just really spending some time to try to to gear up for what we believe that God has for us as we turn to. And we're going to be talking about a lot about that over the next few weeks through this series called Dream Again, the vision that God has for us. Um, here's what I believe: I believe that God has supernatural, extraordinary, big dreams and vision for Declaration Church. But even beyond that, let's just kind of take that and put it over here. I really believe that God has massive, extraordinary, supernatural dreams and vision for you. I believe that for your family, for your friendships, for our community. And so that's what we're all about this week, is, or this, this series, if that, this month, is just really digging in and saying, God, what is your dream for my life? What is your dream for my family? What is your vision for us? And, and how do I align myself in such a right way that I can hear that, see that, receive that, and step into it? That's what our hope is over this next series. Before we really jump in, I want to remind you of four key truths, four vision points, if you will. I often articulate what is the vision of what we're trying to do around here. We, we like to say it's measurable in this. Our desire is to be a, a group of people who fully love Jesus, who declare his greatness and live on mission together as ministers on mission. And how do we do that? Here's the vision is that people would know God, find freedom, discover their destiny, and then join together to make a difference, to make an impact. And so with those things in mind, I want you to hear these four things. Here's four things that I really, I feel like someone needs to hear this this morning. Number one, God loves you passionately and knows you intimately. And God wants you to know him intimately 
and love him passionately. Number two, God wants you completely free so that he sent Jesus to free you completely. And that's what I think earlier this morning was all about. I think that, man, maybe someone in the house just needed to be able to spend that time with the Lord, confess those things, take that regret and that shame and that guilt and all of that stuff that the enemy likes to heap on us and just place it down at the worthy feet of Jesus and walk away and finally feel free again. Come on, somebody. He wants you completely free. You are forgiven. You can receive this gift and live fully alive in this awareness. You can come alive in that. Number three, I believe God wants you to know that he created you for a cause, okay? He created you for a cause. For such a great time as this, he passionately breathes his dream for you into your life. You were designed intentionally for destiny. I believe this. This is not just church stuff that I read somewhere and think, oh, this would be a good thing to say to our people. I really believe you were designed with destiny in mind. Each and every one of us has a unique, and I love this word. You're probably going to see it again this year. You have a unique and significant purpose, and God wants us to partner with him in his dream for our lives, which is number four. God wants us to partner with him to fulfill that design purpose. I mean, how cool is that? You and I, we can have impact. We can leave legacy. We can be a part of making an eternal difference. Do you know that God can use you in your life to be the very answer to someone's prayer? I believe this. It's true. And that's exactly what the next few weeks are all about. I can't think of a better way to begin the new year and, and, and to really begin to think about dreaming again, uh, dreaming again. I can't think of a better way than to look back a little bit and just reflect. Just remember some things. I want to talk about just a few things together this morning. Just looking back at what all God has been, what we've been a part of with God and what he's done. And, and before we really dive into that, I, here's my hope. I sincerely hope, okay, I really hope that we are in awe of the fact that the creator of the universe and even all of the unknown beyond, that he loves us and has a dream for each and every one of us. I hope that that puts us completely in awe. I mean, I want you to think about it. The God who is beyond comprehension, um, even greater still than we can know or imagine. He is the God who created and carefully placed each star. I mean, just in their place. He hung them there and named them. He is the God who holds everything together. And in him, scripture says, all things consist. He's this God, this, this God who created us and chose us and loves us and called us. And this is the God who has this dream and destiny for our lives. It's amazing. And I hope that this is really good news for somebody. This is why sometimes we stop to reflect. Because see, when you reflect, it gives you the opportunity for worship. And we were talking about missions. Missions exist where worship doesn't. And so that's why we're called to this for such a time as this. There are people who desperately need to know the worthiness of our God and the love and the passion of our God who has a dream and vision for each and every one of us. And we get to partner with that. And I love that. You know, according to Ephesians 3, it says this, verse 20, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. So I want you to say that. Say exceedingly abundantly above as loud as you can. Go. All right, that was good, but I think we can do it better. Like, we really mean it, like we gusto. Here we go, ready? Exceedingly, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think or dream. 
according to his power that works within us. Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe that God can do more than you could even ask or think or imagine or dream? Is that in your context even? Have you, have you zoomed out enough at some point in life just to, to look at life in perspective and see that there's no way you could have arrived where you are but the grace of God? I mean, think of that word dream for a moment. Do you dream? Do you still dream? I walked into Jack and Kyle's room last night because, you know, they're, they're bunk buddies in there. And, and above each bed, there's a chalkboard. And, and I kind of glanced over at Kyle's and he had said, I dream, D-R-E-M, I love it. I dream of a skate park and a scooter. And he, he had this little scooter drawn, right? And I was like, well, that's good because that's what you got for Christmas, a scooter. <laughs> um, yay. Um, <laughs> high five Santa. Um, but I love that, you know, just the imagination and the faith of a child to just, you know, unrestrained. I just dream, dream. You know, I've seen firsthand personally how God can do even more than I can imagine or think or ask or dream. This church is a perfect example of it. Here's why, because I always, I mean, for as many years as I can remember, I dreamed of a church full of passion where people just absolutely truly loved Jesus and they truly loved each other. It wasn't because they felt like they had to. It's just they loved Jesus and they loved each other. I dreamed of that church where people truly desired to live on mission together. You know, not just as a catchphrase, but, but, but it was really the perspective of how they lived is as they go, as they walked, as they went, they were on mission. They understood that they were ministers on mission and had a purpose to partner with God for his glory. I dream of that church and, and you know, for, for his glory and also for the sake of others. Think about that. I dream of a church that would pour itself out before the Lord in worship, but at the same time, just crawl up at the feet of Jesus intimately to be a house of prayer. And I dream of that church. I dream of a church that would bend toward the creative because our God is creative. He's an artistic God who's so creative. And I dreamed of being a part of that. I dreamed of a church of revival because it was, it was full of people who had this deep, I mean, just the deepest depth of appreciation of being revived by the greatness of God. I dreamed of a church that was bold about declaring the greatness of God. And after living out 16 years in a ministry that I would say is nothing short of supernatural, traveling and, and being able to be a part of different churches and leading conferences and camps, I can tell you this. I have sat with God in, in his presence so many times, even sometimes in the middle of a worship service. Just I've even got a picture of me and Kelly sitting at the back of a stage while 600 kids are worshiping. And man, I am just wrestling with God because here's why. I knew God was saying, are you willing to give this dream up for something else I have for you. And I couldn't see it. I didn't get it. Obviously, I couldn't see the details in the dream. I just knew that God had something. My heart was beating faster. There was new vision being poured out, right? And I would contemplate, could I indeed let go of my original dream so that the real dream giver could give me something more profound? Can I embrace this new dream that God had for me and Kelly and the boys? And I can tell you, as I would sit on stage many times, and I, can, I wish I could tell you a number, but it's been a lot, and I'm wrestling with God. Man, I can tell you, I never imagined what God would do in and through Declaration Church to me. I mean, you have my heart, and this is that church. 
And we are seeing God do those very things. We are seeing people come to know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and begin to make a difference. We are seeing people, God, begin to pour their affection and their attention and their allegiance out to God and then also bow in humility and prayer before him because they recognize that his presence is so powerful and strong and tangible and real. We are seeing people give far beyond themselves in time and finance, something that they might have never thought to do before simply for the sake of the call and for the glory of God because they see the impact that's being made. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And so that's why I say, man, before we launch into this new year, let's just pause for a minute and reflect. Let's think about a few things that we saw God do. Let's zoom out and get that perspective of what we have been able to be a part of together and see God do some incredible things. Everybody knows that we always ask you to check in on your cell phone, right? We always probably wonder, how did that check-in get that kid shoes? It's because we paid for them. (laughs) So we partner with this organization called Causely, and we believe in what they're doing because they are out vetting all of these different needs all over the globe. And every month, part of the, the way that interacts is that when you check in, you're telling Causely that, hey, we believe in what you're doing. We want to be a part of it. And then we end up, it just, it just hits our account, right? We believe in it. It's huge. Let me tell you what we've been able to be a part of. Over 10 million people have been touched in the last year through this ministry. Okay? Um, over $600,000 combined from all the churches that partner with this organization has been given to help many, many people, obviously. Here's some of the highlights that we have been able to be a part of. Over 13,600 winter coats for those in need last January. Over 751,000 meals given, 191,300 minutes of autism therapy was given. This is a huge thing. 20,764 days of care for unsponsored children. 150,100 vitamins. You remember that month that we were checking in for vitamins? 157,100. 263 life-changing surgeries happened because of our giving. 50,624 pairs of shoes were giving. Obviously, it's not just us, right? But this is, this is the power of kingdom. This is the power of perspective and vision. When the church rises up to be the church, 77,222 bricks to build schools in underdeveloped countries, 36,200,000 gallons of water taken to the places in deepest of need. 1,200,000 bowls of food for animals. 7,600 days of school for kids in Haiti. 90,606 breast cancer risk assessments. $25,300 provided in hurricane relief. 37,260 days of food through Compassion International. 122,600 weeks of water for people in Haiti. And finally, just this last month here, 33,200 books for children learning to read in underdeveloped countries. It's incredible. It's a simple check-in. It's awesome. Also, missionally, we sent people to the mission field from Declaration. One of them sitting right here on the front row, and it was awesome. He went to go be a part of Guatemala with Vision Trust, led by Pastor Mark Cronilson. Um, thinking about this, anybody remember that little, that little storm that just kind of spit over for a day called Harvey? I don't know if you yeah, I don't know. Harvey, let's talk about Harvey. Generosity poured into declaration. We were able to to help countless families. I'm telling you, there's no way we could count. 
But we were able to help countless families just partnering with other local churches in our area by giving out close to $30,000 in necessary supplies, gift cards, and also we gave manual labor. This was money given to Declaration that we were able to um, allocate to different areas. But beyond that, that does not include any of the donated things that came in to that little warehouse that became the distribution center, the hub, that literally reached all the way into Louisiana and all the way down the Gulf Coast. Who would have thought... If we would have tried to whiteboard that plan, there would have been no way. Only God. Only God. But through declaration alone, as really smarter people than me began to figure out how much poundage were on each pallet, this is what happened through declaration. One million pounds of water. 770,000 pounds of diapers. Who would have thunk? I guess they're drinking all that water. Um, Thank you. Um, 500,000 pounds of toiletries, 300,000 pounds of food, hundreds of sack lunches, and literally thousands of hot meals for many families, as well as other teams of churches that were serving throughout the Houston area. That's just declaration. Partnering with other like-minded, like-hearted kingdom Jesus churches. One of them's here today with us, and we're going to talk about them in just a minute. I mean, this is amazing stuff. Our partnership with ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches, this the church planting movement that helped launch us. We were church number 554, and this is what's super cool. This last year, um, uh, we just crossed the threshold as of today. There are 776 churches that have been launched, which means that we have been a part of helping other 200-something churches launch. Think about that. Your generosity and your obedience to the Lord and your worship giving, that's all it is. It's just your worship. It's not me saying, hey, guys, we got to pay the bills. It's just you saying, you know what? I want to be generous because I want to see the glory of God completely explode all over this country and this world. And so this partnership, over some 200 churches have launched. But what I really love that, I, that, I, that I'm so excited to report is, if you remember way back, November a year ago, we did a series called We Plant Life. And we said in that series, before we start to build our church, let's build the church. Let's raise $50,000 so that we can solely be responsible for launching another life-giving church just like ours in a city just like this. And man, you rallied to the cause. The week after we turned one year old, we saw the $50,000 came in. We allocated to ARC and we were a part of helping a church launch all by ourselves. That's not including what we've done with these others. Come on, somebody. I love that stuff. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And so today we have a church here that we've been walking with and that we've been partnering with. And, and, and they're about to launch in about three weeks. So Pastor Dave and Tara, would you come on down it's the avenue, right? So I got that right earlier. I started second-guessing myself, and I got really insecure. Then I had to go pray about it and then put something on social media like I apologize. No, come on up. So this is, this is Pastor Dave and Tara, right? I don't know. I've never met you, have I? Good to meet you. Where you been? Yeah, awesome. At home, yeah. I heard, I heard. And we have no, another one coming? Another baby on the way, all right. Nothing like that. Baby on the way and launch a church. That was wisdom. Yeah, growing the kids' ministry. I like it. All right, this is Pastor Dave, and they are launching into this church um, just 15 miles this way in New Caney. And we're excited about this. I've been able to walk with him. I want you to hear from him just a little about just his heart and, and what's going on with them. And then um, I want to tell you something else about it. We're grateful to be here this morning. Don't you love your pastor? Don't you love him? Come on. 
All of those stories, those numbers, everything he just threw out, man, that is just amazing. And it makes us feel like that's something we want to be a part of. We want to grow into that. It was just about um, beginning of the summer we had visited here. We were looking for our churches and just had, had we, we just showed up on a Sunday morning and we met. Hey, let's grab lunch. And so we grabbed lunch and he just dropped some thoughts on me at lunch that I was like, man, that's great. I need to be around this guy. And then it was around the middle of August and, and we had a moment where in my life I just felt like I need to call John Cheryl. I just need to, I need to call this guy. And I did. I called him. I said, I don't know why I'm calling you, but I need to call you. He said, come to my office. Can you be here at one o'clock? And I showed up. I just told him what was going on and where I was at. And he pulled back the curtain in his office, and he got a dry erase pen out and a marker, and he started just writing some stuff out on the windows in his office and just blowing my mind. And, and I, we sat for hours. I mean, he must have cleared a schedule that day for me. And just hours, we just sat there, and he just poured into me. And I went home, and I just, I just said to my team, I said, here's the, the vision, and this is what we're doing. Because God, in my moment that I needed something, he just pushed John into my life. And he just, he just put him there for me. And it was from that moment on, man, then all of a sudden the storm hit and, and you guys were a hub and a warehouse and we were just bringing trucks over here and grabbing from you guys and going and, and just impacting our communities for him. And from then we just had this, we were just knit together. We just had this relationship and this bond and, and we're just excited. We're so happy to be just down the road and know that there's a church that wants to complete the body of Christ that wants to be a part of building together. And we see this window right here from Spring to New Caney around the Kingwood that we're just going to work with churches and we're going to be a part of impacting and going into uh, these communities and these towns and this place and taking it for Jesus Christ. That's good, man. I love it. Come on. So with that said... I want to I share with you just how serious we are about, you know, when, when we say things like missions are important or church planting is our heart or whatever else, we mean it. And this is how much we mean it. We have a dear family that's, that's really made a big impact on us in a short amount of time. And Brandon and Lori Harvey um, were sitting here the day that we did the We Plant Life vision cast. And when I said something to the effect of before we build our church, let's build the church. That's when he said, we sat down, this was home. And, um, and that spoke to me because that made me, that made me feel like, okay, we're on the right track with that. That's what we need to do. And man, they came in and they, they've made such an indelible mark on us and we love them. And Brandon and I have been walking together for months now. And um, when, when we knew Pastor Dave was coming in the area, um, Brandon has a really good friendship with uh, Dave. And so he started saying, you know, I don't know, man, maybe God's telling us that we need to go pioneer um, and, and help them. But he didn't know. And he was back and forth and back and forth. And so finally, a few weeks ago, he came to me and said, I think this is what God is saying. And so we want to ask Brandon and Lori and family to come down because we want to pray over these amazing couples. And anybody else, do you have anybody else from your team here right now? Your whole, the, whoever's on this team, Avenue team, come on up. And um, we want to pray over them. We're, this is kind of, for us, this is kind of sad, but it's also exciting. Because let me, let, me, let me give you some future vision and perspective. There will come a time, and it probably won't be too much further down the road, that we come before you and we say something to the effect of, hey, 20 minutes that way, we need to launch a church. Who's willing to go and help pioneer? And, 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 and we probably won't just put it out there for anybody. We're going to start and we're going to say, hey, some of our top key leaders... We need you to go. And I know that that feels like it's painful and scary and it hurts. You know, it's painful and scary and it hurts to lose great people like the Harveys. But at the same time, 
dude, by the grace of God go I. And you know what? Here's the truth of the matter. They are being obedient to God's call on their life right now. And God is going to bless that. And he is going to use them. And it's going to be powerful in that church. Amen? And so we hate to see them go. But we also say, you know, hey, you're 15 minutes. So we're still going to go to lunch, right? I mean, (laughs) all right, good. Um, So we want to pray. And here's another thing that I want to say to you guys. If there's anyone in this house that lives in the New Caney area, this was done for us too. And even at you know, nearly two years old, we need to be about these things. If you live in the New Caney area and you begin to pray for the avenue, which I encourage you to do, and God begins to make your heart beat fast, maybe God's calling you to help also go pioneer in, in your backyard right there and help Pastor Dave and Tara and this team. And so let's just be obedient to what God says, okay? Even sometimes when it hurts, let's be obedient to what God says. Can we just extend a hand? If you feel led to come down and just lay a hand on these, why don't you guys step up to the front here and we can surround them and pray over them real quick. Let's pray. Let's extend a hand out towards them. Father, we thank you for this new work that you are establishing, that you are breathing this dream that is coming into fruition. No telling how long ago you placed this dream in Dave's heart. And so thank you, God, that, that even over the years that it takes to finally maybe arrive at the destination, the journey today probably seems like it was just yesterday that you whispered this passionate vision in his heart. And so, God, we just pray your, your, your fruition. We pray your provision, financial provision, God. We pray that all of the pieces come together. You would send just the right people to fit just the right places so that this church can launch in a healthy, passionate, life-giving way. And Lord, however we can continue to walk with and bless them, God, allow us to be that partner. Allow us to be that friend to them. God, we love these families. We love this church. And we pray your absolute favor upon this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. And Dave, we believe in it. And so... As a church, we just we wanted to sow in an offering. So we wanted to sow an offering to you guys because this was done for us before we launched. And so bless you guys, all right? Love y'all. Yes, thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Now listen, when it comes to God's dream, there are no boundaries. And we give like that because he gave, right? I mean, we sacrifice for the gospel because Jesus sacrificed to be the gospel for us. So that's the right thing to do. Remember Ephesians 3, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever imagine or think or ask or dream. And you know what? This is God's dream being lived out in and through us as a church. Um, All of these things that have happened, but we're not finished yet. And there's God, right? We've got a lot to do. Um, there's more news to share, and we're going to get to that in the next few weeks. More vision, so stay tuned. Please be coming back. Be a part of this because God is doing some incredible things, and I'm really excited of some things that I've, I've known for a while and, and that, that has been happening, and I've just been waiting for the right time to share, and now is that time, so be coming back, all right? So have you ever stopped to consider, what is a dream? What is a dream? According to dictionary.com, a dream is a condition or achievement that is longed for. An aspiration. John Maxwell, an expert in leadership, says this. A dream is an inspiring picture of the future that energizes your mind, will, and emotions, empowering you to do everything you can to achieve it. So what are you dreaming about? What are you dreaming about? 
I mean, do you still have dreams in your life? You know, if we could, if we could peek into your mind, would we see a little chartboard that says, I dream of a skate park and a scooter? I mean, do you still have that childlike faith where you're asking God for big things? When's the last time you thought about your dream? I mean, has your dream become dormant? Have you felt like that maybe it, it even it died? I really want you to begin to think about dreaming this morning. And I want you to even take it to a level where you prayerfully begin, to, prayerfully begin to ask God and you write down what you hear him say. Even four things, and maybe next week we'll dig more into this. But first question, what do you dream about for your life? What do you dream about for your family? What do you dream about for your relationships and friendships? And lastly, and, 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 and importantly, I really want you to ask, what do you dream about for your, your church, your community? Think on these things. Pray on these things. It's important to have vision for your life. And vision usually begins from dreams. God wants you to have big dreams. And remember that verse. As you pray this week and as you think, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above more all that you can ask or think or dream. I also want you to think about this. You've probably heard this verse. It's one of my favorites in high school. still is. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. I know the dream I have for you, says God. They're plans for good and not for evil, not for despair, but for hope and a future. We see in the book of Genesis, we see the story of creation, the fall of man. We see the flood. We see the nation of Israel. We also see stories of biblical heroes and patriarchs like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Genesis 37, we see the story play out of Jacob and Joseph. Verse 1, Jacob's living in this land where his father had stayed. It's the land of Canaan. And this, what we're about to see in just a few simple verses, this is the family story, the history of Jacob. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended to sheep with his brothers. The young man was working with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. These are very popular names in the 2017 catalog of, you should think about this for your children, Zilpah. Um, Maybe a middle name, I don't know. Um, But these are his father's wives, and he brought this bad report to them about their father. And so Jacob, also known as Israel, maybe in some of your text, he loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was born to him in his old age. And he, because of this, he makes this beautiful robe of many colors for him as a gift. So Joseph's the baby. Jacob had him in an old age. He's his favorite kid. You know, he makes him this, this really special gift. And verse 4 says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more, then all of his brothers, they hated him, and they could not bring themselves to even speak peaceably to him, it says. Supposition is that they did not treat him very well. This is more than just brotherly rivals, okay? They didn't like him. They hated him. They were jealous. Then scripture says this, Joseph then has a dream, and when he tells his dream, when he relays this dream to his brothers, they hate him even more. See why? Because Joseph's dream was big. I mean, Joseph was a big dreamer. This is the first thing I want you to see this, this morning. We need to be a big dreamer who dreams big, extraordinary dreams. Why? Because we serve the, the greatest dream giver there is. And our God is a big God. If we, if we could accomplish our small dreams on our own, then they're probably not God's dream for you. You're settling for mediocrity. Don't do that. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but where dreams come true, there's life and joy. I mean, what dreams do you have hidden in your heart this morning? Pray on these things. Write these things down. What are your dreams? Because see, dreams end up birthing desires. And when desires are centered and focused on the Lord, that's not a bad thing. In fact, Psalm 37, speak to this in verse four. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you what? The desires of your heart. So the, 
So make sure that you're dreaming big. Dream big, extraordinary dreams. And to dream these big, extraordinary dreams, the second thing I want you to see, we must know the extraordinary love of God. Remember verse three, when Joseph made this, this or Jacob made this, this beautiful coat for, for Joseph. Why? Because he, he was his favorite and he loved him. He wanted to give him something special. I mean, do you believe that you were extraordinarily loved by an extraordinary God? Do you believe that you're one of his favorites? Think about it. I mean, do you believe that, that he has this beautiful, that he has these beautiful, incredible gifts for you? Because see, 1 John 3 says this, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He's lavished this upon us, this love, that we should even be called children of God. Man, he loves you. You are his kids. You are his favorites. You are his intimates. He loves you. And see, if we don't believe in the love of an extraordinary Father God who has our best interests at heart, we will not be able to dream extraordinary dreams. We won't. So you have to believe in the extraordinary, reckless, relentless love of God. John Revere wrote a book called Extraordinary. And in this book, he says this thing. He says, there's one person above all others who desires an extraordinary life for you. He's the father who delights like any good father in the achievements and happiness of his kids. And his name is God. God loves you. He loves you passionately. And he has these amazing dreams for your life. He's not, he's, not, he's not too quiet. He's not being silent. He's speaking always. Don't forget this. Be encouraged this morning. God calls out our destiny through dreams. And see, dreams give birth to vision. But know this, with vision, with God's vision comes opposition. Look at verse six. It says this. Actually, verse five, it says, when Joseph told this dream to his brothers, it says they hated him even more. They hated him even more. So he says, listen to this dream I had. Let me, let me unpack this dream for you, brothers. Listen, it says, there, were, you know, there we were binding sheaves of grain in the field, and suddenly my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around it, and they bowed down to my sheaf. And they said, wait a minute. Are you really going to reign over us, the brothers are asking? Are you really going to rule us? So then they hated him even more because of this dream and what he had said. It goes on in 9. Then he has this other dream that he again relays to his brothers. Maybe he should have learned by now. Keep your mouth shut, Right? He says, look, I had another dream. Check it. And this time, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars, they were bowing down to me. It's like, how arrogant are you? Have you hit your head? I mean, you know, his father and his brothers, they, I mean, the father even rebukes him at this. And, and the brother says, what, what kind of dream is this that you had? I mean, am I and your mother and your brothers, are we really going to come and bow down to the ground before you? His brother's obviously jealous of him, but his father, it says, kept this matter in mind. See, when Joseph tells his brothers the dreams, um, they hated him even more. And here's what you need to know as we wrap up this morning. Some of us are going to experience um, people who hate us because we have the favor of the father. And they're not going to understand that. But don't let someone else's disapproval or jealousy or sin of comparison hinder you from God's dream for your life. Joseph was hated, taunted, thrown into the pit, and even sold by his brothers. He was rebuked for his dreams. Hold your dreams so close no matter what because God's dream for you is going to lead you to God's destiny for you. Anybody heard of Michael Jordan? I don't know. It was just somebody. Michael Jordan? Yes. <laughs> Connie. Sports connoisseur. Um, <laughs> did you know that he was cut by his high school basketball team? Cut. 
But he didn't give up on his dream. He doubled down with even more determination because his philosophy was, I play to win, and the day I stop improving is the day I walk away from this game. He didn't just have a dream. He knew he had a destiny. Winston Churchill failed sixth grade. It wasn't until he was 62 years old that he became the prime minister of England, only after a lifetime of defeats and setbacks. So think back to Joseph for a minute. Joseph went from the pit, sold into slavery. After the pit, he went to Potiphar and then to prison. From prison, he ends up working for Pharaoh in the palace and becomes the prime minister of Egypt. Do you think that maybe his dream led to some destination that had some opposition? Man, wait for God. Don't quit. Don't quit. His dream might be one step away. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you that you're the God of big dreams. And thank you that we are seeing you pour out the fruition of your dream for Declaration Church in front of us. And we get to be a part of that. And we bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. Speak to us this morning in ways only you can. We pray in your name. Thanks for listening to the Declaration Church podcast. We pray many blessings over you and your journey as you declare him to the nations. For more podcasts and teaching, visit declaration.org slash podcast.